0: Welcome to the Thinking Pilates podcast, where show after show, we bring you a different way to think about teaching Pilates. We make you dig deep, ask the tough questions, and keep unraveling the rich layers of teaching movement. I'm Chantelle Lopez, founder of Skillful Teaching, an international education company just for Pilates and movement teachers, and author of Moving Beyond Technique. I am so gratefully joined in this delightful and crazy endeavor by my sometimes co-host and podcast co-founder, master teacher, and mentor, Deborah Colway. Welcome to episode 38, everybody. Today is a very good day. Today, you get to experience the continued brilliance of James Crater, but this time as an official co-host of the Thinking Pilates podcast. Join me and James every other episode as we explore another parallel thread to being and thinking within the Pilates method. It's obviously total shenanigans and such a rich exploration of our role and responsibility as people in our current culture and teachers in the movement profession. This first episode is a bit of a teaser where we talk about how we came together, how James and Deborah met, and the coalescence of the three of us. We also give you some ideas about what we're going to be talking about, including developing presence and teaching, developing presence in life, the value of stopping and checking in regarding what do we really feel, what do we really think, what's important to us, what's motivating us at any given moment, and uh, other things like attuning to our own personal wisdom in our body. How to cultivate awareness of self mentally, emotionally, and physically. The difference between the qualities of feeling in the body, mind states, and emotional states, such as pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral, which we dive into a little bit in this first episode. How to become aware of a change. So change as not always pleasant, but acknowledging change, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, or maybe even neutral. Inviting our students to know for themselves. And the language of movement, the interpretation of movement and whose interpretation it is, whose is more important, the teachers or the students. And this is something that James addresses in a recent blog post, which we've linked to in the show notes. So we hope you will all enjoy this addition to the Thinking Pilates podcast. And without further ado, here we go. Howdy, James. How's it going?
1: I'm pretty good. How about with you, Chantel?
0: Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there. Life is good. Could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> could, could,
1: could be worse. Could be worse.
0: <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to deconstruct that at some point. Um, But yeah. in all seriousness, welcome everybody uh, to another Thinking Pilates podcast. I am joined uh, today by James Crater, who many of you know and have heard on the podcast before. And today is really the launch of a... Uh, an additional or parallel stream for the podcast. Um, James is going to be a regular contributor to the podcast, uh, which is really, really exciting. Um, We've had so many great collaborative interactions in the last year, year and a half, and um, we just decided we needed to do something about that and make it a regular deal. So what you're going to be listening to is uh, probably a little bit of – jamming a little bit of ranting um a little bit of probably a lot of bit of ranting yeah a lot of it yeah maybe <laughs> um uh which is charming i'm sure you'll find it charming of course uh and we're going to talk a little bit about i don't know what exactly but the gist is to give you a sense of how james and i have been collaborating some very interesting ideas we've been percolating on uh with deborah colway as well and and kind of where we see our conversation headed in the future, um, so it's a preface. It's a jumping-off place, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be. We're going to keep it short and sweet today, but we wanted to to give you a point of reference for this kind of ongoing, new and exciting development in the Thinking Pilates podcast. So, James, how are you feeling about being a podcast host?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm excited. And, um, you know, excite- I'm excited, but <laughs> at the same time, it's like, <laughs> so, so I'm like, am I excited? Yes, I am excited. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's also, um, you know, it's daunting because it's like, it, do I have enough interesting things to say? Is, is it going to get repetitive? You know, mm-hmm, all of mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. Uh, all of that self-talk Yeah. It's sort of, um, you know, there, and I'm like, No. There's plenty of interesting conversation. You and I, you and I always find interesting things to talk about. So why would this be any
0: different? Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, it is an interesting process. I mean, it just reminds me a little bit of what happens to us in our teaching, right? Whether we're new to teaching or we have a new student or we're developing new information. uh, There's that simultaneous uh, excitement and passion and and desire to share and, and make a difference. And at the same time, Oh, that pesky inner dialogue that says yeah. maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> uh, and or,
1: or at least maybe not today.
0: That's right. Yeah. And so the, <laughs> the, the, objective I think is to politely uh, ignore it And move into the face of uncertainty, which um, is something that we've talked about before, you know, this idea of not knowing and being comfortable with that, which I'm sure we'll circle back to at some point. Uh, I think what's uh, maybe just been on my mind a little bit, uh, well, what might be relevant to talk about this first uh, edition um, of the James and Chantel show is... That we kind of had i mean we have been having this really interesting weaving uh, together, I think over the last year and a half or so, and there was a there was a really well, the podcast we did together, i thought was was a, a kind of a benchmarking moment it was for me at least mm-hmm. um uh-huh. in terms of like oh, I think I don't know that this is a conscious, conscious thought in the moment, but in retrospect. It feels like that was, that was a, a, um, just a really strong anchor for me in terms of here's, here's somebody, here's a conversation that I think could be bigger and, um, and, and more complex and interesting. And then we had a moment at the PMA conference, which was totally unexpected In fact, I didn't even know we were going to be there. I decided to go last minute. Uh, I knew Deborah was going to be there, and I was looking forward to seeing her, and I ran into her in the expo hall, and then I ran into you? I'm not sure how it happened. Yeah. But all of a sudden, the three of us were standing there. (laughs) Yeah, it was totally,
1: totally a random um, thing Yeah, we were in the expo hall, and... The reason it's the reason it's so random is uh, without going into too much client detail, I had worked with uh, you know a few a few years ago. I had worked with a client who I just adored. You know, you have those clients that I didn't work with this client for a super long period of time. It was only a couple of months, mm-hmm. um, but it was someone who was handed over to me <clears throat> from my mentor, my myofascial mentor. And she had told this client, you need to work with James for some movement stuff. And so I had worked with this client, and I just loved her. And she was from Boulder and had gone home and had some really unfortunate circumstances happen, and she Mm -hmm. ended up moving back home to Boulder. And after X number of of months, she contacted me and said, I really want to get back into movement. Do you have anyone that you recommend here in Boulder? And you know, while I know a lot of names in Boulder, I don't, I don't really know anyone mm-hmm. in Boulder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had taken, I think, a year or two before, I had taken a workshop at the PMA with Deborah Colway. It was on Eve Gentry work, and you know, she's just pre- presenting Eve's work. But I just, I remember, I remember just really liking Deborah. Mm-hmm. You know, there was just something about her that I was like. I like you. I don't yeah. even care what you have to say, I just yeah. like you. And so when when this client contacted me, I said, you know, I don't know this person at all. I just took one workshop from them and I just like them. So you should go and see Deborah. And send her along the way. She reported back. She worked with Deborah for, for quite a while and, you know, said she really Deborah works very differently than I do, but she said she just loved working with Deborah. And you know that that was sort of that was that, and so when I saw you and Deborah walking together, <laughs> I had always wanted to meet Deborah. You know, like at person to person instead of teacher student or Pilates Pilates. It was uh-huh. Like just person to person. I just want to shake your hand and say thank you for taking care of someone who I found so special and who at that time needed needed more than Pilates. Yeah, they needed. They needed a person. They needed a person to see them, to hold the space for them, and to be there. And that was Deborah. And the amazing thing was Deborah had always wanted to meet me.
0: Right. Of who all of these stories were about
1: and what, you know. So it was this really amazing moment Mm. at the PMA. Mm. Yeah. And then there there was you, like the bridge between us. So it was like, of course it would be you. (laughs) (laughs) Well... It was, it was
0: perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. It and I just remember one I didn't know you had any connection at all. Yeah. I had never heard the story from you. I'd never heard the story from Deborah. Um and and not too long before that. Um and <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I but I really don't I don't think that that's true. I I do think that there's something at the heart of um what yeah. what makes you know, what draws you and I and Deborah together, uh, specifically. And, you know, I can think of, I can think of many more, uh, people who share this sense of purpose, um, which goes far beyond the Pilates method and, and yet can be deeply, you know, and very richly steeped in the method itself. Um, but that. I don't know. I'm just going to say what it feels like to me. And then maybe you can kind of uh, maybe you can share what you feel like it is to you, but that, you know, my, my whole, my whole thing, the the soapbox I get up on typically with skillful teaching is um, developing the whole person. And of course what I do mostly now is working with teachers, but it, it holds true for students and it holds true for every relationship really for me is that, I want to be in relationship with the whole person, not just the whole body, but the whole person. And although I know what my scope of practice is, I'm also really clear that the implications of what we do are huge and and far-reaching. And it, it feels really important to me to educate teachers or share with them uh, or get them to reflect on the power that they have to not only affect very deep personal change within themselves through teaching, but also that they're giving that gift to their students in every moment that they're with them, truly present with them and that it, it resonates like there's a way to be conscious and explicit. I think about the fact that one of the things that we do when we're in relationship with someone else is we are simultaneously developing our sense of awareness of ourselves and our awareness of the other person of other. Uh, and when we are present and doing that, we have this beautiful opportunity to help the other person become more self aware, uh, be aware of themselves, be more aware of us and our, our relationship together. Uh, and that's that. I, I think that is the foundation for so much Positive change in the world, and for me, that's my thinking in terms of you know Joe's vision of of changing the world through Pilates, changing the world through movement. Uh, and I'm really excited about that, like holding space for the development of that idea, and and maybe there's some opportunity through conversations like this, through you know writing through. Um, workshops and teaching, and, and whatever it looks like, to share that a little bit with teachers. So for me, that's—I feel like that's a common thread, right? For for you and Deborah uh-huh. and I, that there's something so much more to this.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, yeah. So you know, when the, this uh, this idea of the the three way collaboration between us and sort of, um, when, when Deborah contacted us about it was right at the time of, you know, the election Mm -hmm. and when, you know, when we were first talking about it, she's like, well, what, you know, what would you want to do? And what would you want to do? And how does this look? And I I was like, I don't know exactly what form it takes, you know, kind of like you said, I don't know if it's, if it's podcasts or if it's, You know what? What the medium is? Is it a book? Is it writing? Is it teaching? I don't. I don't know. But what I do know is um, what I am interested in right now is uh, at specifically at the time of the election. What I was witnessing were um, myself, my friends, family, clients having a Chicken Little moment of feeling like, oh no, things are about to get bad or things are about to shift in some unknown way. What do I do about it? Mm -hmm. I'm going to join all of these organizations. I'm going to devote all my time to this cause. I'm going to give all my money away. I'm going to, I'm going to fix something that I don't even know how it's changed or what's going on yet because the election is two weeks away from now, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was like this overwhelming, um, this overwhelming energy that felt just—I think—to me, it just felt scattered. Like yeah. everything felt uh, scattered. And so, upon talking about it, like what I, what I am interested in right now is recollecting the shards of self that I feel are just kind of scattered and lying around right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the best place to start with that is Mm self-practice and sort of figuring out, or even just sitting with, where am I at right now? And it might be, I'm scattered, Mm -hmm. and that's fine, but I think so many people don't even realize where they are at right now or appreciate where they are at right now. They're already in fix-it mode. Yeah. They're already in um, next step, and you can't fix something if you don't even know what you're fixing it to or where you're coming from. Right. Right. So my intention with uh, being here in the podcast and with the work that you and Deborah and I will hopefully be uh, or will be creating, however it looks, is to help people figure out, collect, organize, and proceed. Yeah. And that can look a lot of different ways. It's movement. It's thought. It's community, mm-hmm. it's nature, it's, it's relationship, it's communication. Yeah. So while my personal vehicle, what I am good at right now is movement. Mm -hmm. And so how can my teaching of movement in the grand scope of things, um, help, you know, movement with the breath work and the actual exercises and relationships to gravity. How can, how can my movement teaching help inspire you to just be more present so that you can proceed?
0: Yeah. 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 This idea of presence, um, I think is, maybe it's just the key to everything. And I, you know, I, I don't mean to be facetious about that. I really mean that. I mean, in all honesty, uh, uh, just in such a simple way, you know, I I think sometimes we, we, maybe we, we hear a lot about mindfulness and meditation and, you know, being in the present moment and the power of now and yada, yada, you know, we're kind of hit from all directions with this, you know, positive new agey, Um, self-help stuff. However, in the most ordinary and boring of ways, like just being present to your, your current experience or emotions or situation, uh, and asking, you know, ask, like, is it true? Is it true? What I'm, what I'm feeling right now, this belief that I'm acting from is it true is it this belief I hold about myself about my body about you know my relationship and it's
1: and it's also okay and it's also okay if that current state of presence is negative yeah yeah It is okay if um you know because uh oftentimes I find that when we draw upon meditation or prayer or the power of now it's to go to the next place yeah and you know it's to the totally okay you know and you know what you and i did it so so truth time when chantelle and i got on the phone before we started this podcast <laughs> both of us had a moment of like <laughs> how are you Meh. well how are you eh. you know we have a lot of <laughs> grime and grudge in our personal life right now i mean like yeah we both spent, in the grand scheme of things you know like Things could be worse. And that was sort of the joke at the beginning that of the podcast. Was, things could yeah, be worse. Yeah. You know, our grudge, our slime right now in the grand scheme of things isn't that bad. Yeah. But it's different than, you know, our um, usually pretty blessed life.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: it's okay to to sit and be with that. The problem is that, um, you know, you, you, you are viscerally feeling the yuck but you're ready to go and uh, m- m- make a positive
0: mm-hmm. when you
1: haven't even just sat with the yuck yeah. for a while and been like, well, this is why I'm feeling. What do I really want to do about this? Like how how does this sh- – is this just passing through me or do I need to actively do something to shift this? Yeah. Am I just observing this or am I creating this? Yes. And how – what is going on? Before I choose what to do next yes. with
0: it, yeah. Well, this—so uh, many things are running through my head right now. But this—this this searching for the pleasant, right—the—the the preferences. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in in forms, different forms of meditation and Buddhist meditation, we talk about, um, you know, the preferences, like what are we—we pre- we would prefer it to be warmer, you know. And so then it becomes. Mm-hmm we're in a negative state because really things would be perfect and I could Uh be happy if it were warmer. It's like, we have all of these, these preferences and we're always moving toward what's pleasant, which is not in itself a negative, but I think when it, when it does what you're describing, which is takes us out of the present moment where we're able to really just be with the experience, um, as it is, and it doesn't have to be pleasant you know, it's like, it doesn't have to be pleasant, doesn't have to be, but if it's unpleasant, it's like, you also don't have to, you don't have to fix it. Right. If it's neutral, you don't have to fix it so that it's pleasant. So there's two things about that. One is there's this really great way, uh, this kind of guided reflection or meditation that I've been working with, Um, strangely, I know this is going to sound so weird, but in my fascial rolling workshops. (laughs) Uh So, so I taught a, I taught a two day workshop, uh, in September, I think, or October here in Sacramento. And it was, it was a, it was a body rolling, you know, self-care manual manipulation workshop with a lot of education on fascia and fascial health. But what I thought, I don't know why I decided to do this, but one of the things um, that we did as our uh, test and retesting, so when I teach a workshop i 'm always giving them something to assess and then reassess in order to to evaluate in their own bodies what the shifting is and what I always tell people is it does not have to be pleasant, it does not have to be positive. so when you are assessing uh, you know the the re or retesting and assessing your body don't be just be mindful of not searching for positive change because change doesn't always feel good like it's it's yeah the operative know,
1: the operative word there is just change
0: yeah it's That's all you exactly like you're only you're just searching for areas of change of shifting be mindful not to look for what's shifted in a positive direction and we go through this process of getting just trying to get familiar with like can you identify pleasant sensation in your body like yes that's easy can you identify negative or not negative but um unpleasant sensation in your body uh yes that's not too hard to do and then where where is it neutral right pleasant unpleasant pleasant and neutral and we go through this whole process of like can i find those areas in my body and can i just be objective like can i observe them objectively and just be with what that is And then that there's always a corresponding, uh, mind state and emotional state. So it's like, if I'm having an unpleasant experience in the body, it does not necessarily mean I'm having an unpleasant emotional or mental mind state experience that I can indeed have an unpleasant physical experience, but still feel pretty neutral about it. And and my mind can still be equanimous, right? It can still be kind of uh-huh. equal and balanced. So I think this is so so interesting, you know, this idea of searching for the positive or being ready to move toward uh, change for the better rather than sitting with just what is my current experience and what is there in it for me in the moment, which makes me think of conversations to bring it full circle, you know, you were talking about right before the election, a friend and I had this conversation of like so many people, you know, it's scary. It's certainly, it's currently scary. It was scary. The prospect of, you know, the situation was frightening. Um, and, and our experience as a, as a, you know, small community was just, you know, watching people really, um, behave in a way that we knew was not Uh, true to them, you know, being just this kind of, you know, being scared and being really aggressive and all of these things. And what was interesting about this conversation that I had was it's like, well, it's, you just get caught up in the propaganda of like, this is the most awful thing that has ever happened and could ever happen. And here, here's what I believe But it's like, do you really believe that? Like, are you taking the time to really Uh sit and evaluate what your personal experience is of the election or, or the current, you know, cultural climate or political climate? Are you really behaving or acting from a place that feels true to what you believe? Or are you, you know, caught in what everybody else is believing and the fear? And then you're, and then, you know, you're moving from that place rather than,
1: yeah
0: that sense of yeah
1: are you are you equipping yourself to be a personal warrior or are you just being assimilated into a soldier and so (laughs) it's you know really it's like do am i figuring am i self-figuring things out or is it just a part of am i like a a cog in the wheel just Mm -hmm. kind of going forth because, you know, you may want to you may want to change things. There may yeah, be yeah. you know, and it may be very specific, but you gotta figure out how you're gonna do it and what's right for you and what what is really gonna benefit what is really gonna benefit you and therefore benefit the whole mm-hmm. in a positive
0: way. Yeah. 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 Which is an interesting and and not surprising parallel to I know your particular teaching approach, uh, my teaching approach, which is, you know, uh, not well, fostering that responsibility in the student, right. To, to Uh see like, here's what I see, but what's going on? What do you feel is happening? What's your experience? Because the only way that you can make true progress is to work from your own internal experience, you know, and Uh As a teacher, I'm just, I'm just giving you, like, I'm just, I just become a, a an opportunity for feedback, for reflection, but I can't tell you what's going to be the best thing for you to do. I can, you know, yeah.
1: It's, yeah,
0: it's, it's very interesting. And I think comes back to this idea of how through teaching movement, if we hold this idea of cultivating presence and awareness, and just that question of, is this really my experience? You know, the teacher tells you something. It's like, oh, do I really – does that really feel like the right thing for me to do, or does it really feel true that I'm not, you know, doing this or that, or that I should do this or that other thing? Or can I – is there some other wisdom, right, uh, mm-hmm. that I can work I from? literally
1: – You probably haven't seen it yet, but I literally put a blog up this morning about that.
0: Oh, Oh my God. (laughs) Of course you did. Of course you did. (laughs) Obviously, that's what you were supposed to do. (laughs) Oh, my God. How?
1: Yeah, how synchronous. Yeah. Yeah, literally, there's a blog up today about... um, uh the language of movement or body language and sort of what what it's trying to tell what the body and what the movement is trying to tell you and who who the inter- where is the interpretation of that movement the most important is mm. it the teacher or is it the student uh-huh. and you know so it's all it's it's up there,
0: yeah, well obviously if we didn't know it already we are very much simpatico <laughs> you know it's uh yeah it's kind of like uh it, it just this second in a very good way it feels like we're just chasing each other you know it's like what i think yeah, that no. no i think that no that's what i think yeah. well that's <laughs> which might be totally obnoxious for the people who are listening and i do apologize however uh I do think that if you are still listening, you probably are in some form of agreement and or you're at least curious as to what this is all about and and that you think that maybe there's some potential, uh, you know, interesting things to come out of this conversation. And I think you're right. And I think what's always going to be nice about our conversations and those with Deborah is that they're going to be lighthearted and they're going to be funny and and they're going to be a little nonsensical and maybe a little all over the place. And I I hope that that stays, you know, I think, I think that that just keeps it real. I mean, as you said, you know, yeah. Am I having a fantastic week? Mm, Not so much, Uh, you know, like, are you Mm, not so much? Like that's just, (laughs) you know, we're just going to keep it. We are really going to just keep it, you know, authentic and real and, uh, and we're going to talk about some really awesome stuff. So, yeah.
1: um,
0: I think maybe on that note, we should wrap things up. And what I'm going to do is in the show notes, James, I'm going to post uh-huh. the link to the blog that you were just cool. talking about. Um, cool. and, and we'll provide some other, some other cool stuff for you in the show notes, you know, um, heroes and and a pro tip so James and I will collaborate on getting something really interesting to you and the plan at this point is that James and I will be conversing uh, every other episode so this is episode 38 so you'll hear us on episode 40 and so forth next um, yeah so stay tuned and keep in touch and reach out to us if you feel like this is Interesting. All the contact info is in the show notes and uh, we'd really love to know what about this is intriguing to you. What about it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, You know, I think even those kinds of questions that are, that are, you know, challenging to the ideas that we're presenting, I mean, maybe even more so uh, important. So you yeah. Know, we want we're want to. Just... We're
1: definitely open to the, uh, challenging feedback.
0: Yeah. 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 It's good. I mean, we're here to have a conversation and, and honestly, mm-hmm. even though we really like talking to each other, the point is not to just talk to each other, but to talk to you, <laughs> you know, and to have some, some really stirring conversations and to see what we can unearth about this thing that we do. Um, and how we can be better people in the process and, and, you know, do our work better and and make a bigger impact if, if we can. So thanks a lot for joining me, James. Oh,
1: my pleasure. This is going to be, uh, this is going to be fun.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, it's already fun. So there's that. (laughs) All right, everybody. Toodles. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, we really hope that you enjoyed that first look at myself and James co-hosting the Thinking Pilates podcast. We want to move you right into the hero section and the pro tip section for this episode. It's pretty straightforward this time around. Our hero is you, and we want to hear from you. We want to know what you're thinking. We want to know what's on your mind. We want you to send us your comments and your questions we want you to be on the podcast with us. And we want you to share your heroes with us. I know James and I were talking a bit about this at the end of the podcast, but this is your official call to action. We'd like to feature one teacher comment or question each episode and we'd love it to be you. So you can email us or submit your questions via the contact form below this post if you're on the Skillful Teaching website. um, Or you can email us at thinkingpilatespodcast.com, all that information is uh, in the show notes uh, below as well. So our pro tip graciously comes from uh, James and is very specific to this conversation and to the blog post uh, that we're going to be directing you to um, that James wrote called It's Not a Weak Glute, It's a Weak Relationship with the Glutes. So here's the tip. What we'd like you to do is not cue anything technical for at least one one session or one client. Instead, we'd like to invite you as the teacher and your student to simply observe the pacing, the strategy that's occurring in the moment, what feels comfortable or uncomfortable, and to be present with what's taking place rather than trying to change what's taking place. So no no technical cueing whatsoever. Now you can direct your own attention to the overall quality of movement, the moments of hesitancy in your student, their facial expressions and body language, resistance of any kind, or the expression of success or feelings of a pleasant experience or motivation, just really tuning in and listening in a different way and kind of getting out of this mindset of needing to guide the student constantly, and needing it to be different than what it is. So you can direct your student's attention to having them verbalize what they are experiencing, both mentally and physically, to the degree that you're comfortable with that, so that you can get a peek into the student's mind and into their experience without translating everything you see solely through your own experience. What can you take at face value? Can you take it at face value, what you see in front of you? So that's the tip. Try not to cue anything technical for one session, just one client, and give this a shot. We'd really love to know how this goes for you. So if you're already uh, willing and eager and curious about submitting your comments and thoughts to us, this might be a really great opportunity. So the resources we're sharing with you this week, uh, the Evolved Body blog, that's James Crater's blog, and uh, the The blog post is called, It's Not a Weak Glute, It's a Weak Relationship with the Glutes. So the link is in the show notes. Take a peek at that. And um, uh, another book that we wanted to recommend that was recommended to me recently, just some thoughtful reading, which is a book by uh, Pico Iyer, and it's called The Art of Stillness. Um, And you can find that link again in the show notes. And that's it for us for now. Here again is how you can get in touch with us. You can reach us at Thinking Pilates Podcast at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and look forward to the next time. Until then, breathe deep and teach well.
1: All